in a little tent And oh, just like the river I've been running Ever since It's been a long A long time coming But I know A change gonna come that was pretty. Oh, yes, it will. <laughs> Same, girl. Uh, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Hey. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Cocktails. Mr. Nobia is serenading you us know. tonight. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> we are a podcast that does amazing movies. With amazing cocktails, yes, or some variation of that, right? Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> Here we go. Here, here we go. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Let me ask you something. Yes. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Mr. I'm tan, good. man? I am my tan shit. A little bit. I'm a little a tan. Right here. I got that line, don't I? Mm-hmm. Shit. That's all right. How you doing, Smashley? Who's in the motherfucking building? I'll ask you one more time. How are you doing? I'll ask you one more time. How are you doing? Fresh off the boat. Well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds bad when you say it like that. <laughs> it does. They are. We are freshly tanned from our uh, little trip for Valentine's Day slash belated smashly birthday present. Burr, burr, burr. Did a little five-day cruise out on the Pacific Ocean. Living the life, living the dream. It was nice, not going to lie. Put on uh, a little weight. I did too because I was little buffet weight. I was sad you were gone. I was just eating. <laughs> but chips. All right, so it's more cushion for the pushing. More cushion for the pushing. All right, I'm ready to drink. Speaking of movie quotes, we got a great movie for you guys, and uh, you made us a little cocktail, didn't you? I did. What you got here? Should I be nervous? Yes. Oh shit! What are we drinking? We are drinking. Oh shit Well okay I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna call it And then I'll tell you the real name Float like a butterfly Sting like a bee's knees A.K.A. the sting like a bee's knees cocktail That's what it's called So there is a drink called bee's knees Mm -hmm. That is an old time uh, cocktail This is a variation of it To go along with the theme of our movie Yeah So you're gonna use three fourth ounce Lavender honey syrup, which I made today. I saw you. And because they don't sell that shit in the store. Uh Bebmo didn't know what I was talking about. And so I was like, well then I don't know what I'm gonna do. So I just went and got lavender tea and I boiled it with the tea bags, a bunch of tea bags, let it sit for an hour. And then <laughs> tea bag. <laughs> yeah, I got tea bag today. Oh and shit. So, <laughs> It was five tea bags too. Oh my god! How are you feeling? <laughs> we'll see after the drink. So then I did that. And I took them out and I put a bunch of honey and some sugar. Kind of made a simple syrup concoction with it. Gotcha. And then you're gonna put half an ounce of lemon juice into your cocktail. This is for the cocktail part. Mm-hmm. 
and then you're going to put one and a half ounce of gin. Okay. So it's the lavender honey syrup, the lemon juice, and the gin. The gin. That is what we're drinking. And so I went the gin. And, and took that like float like a butterfly, sting like a bee concept a mm-hmm. little different. Okay. And I got this Hendrix gin, which is good gin. Okay. But it's this midsummer solstice like limited release bottle of gin and it's very good because i have had it a couple weeks ago and i really liked it and you know i feel about gin yes yes absolutely we feel it had a very cucumbery fruity summery feel to it and i think that would add to this so have you tasted this yet no or a variation of it no but you said it was going to be good it is going to be good it is all right, let's see. All right, let's find out. <laughs> I well. said I was nervous about this. Cheers yeah, to cheers. you. Here we go. Cheers. Oh, Michael. cheers, baby. Okay, here we go. Whoa! Mm. Definitely stinks. Stings. Gets you back here like a lemon. I think that it's going to be one that's going to grow on us. Yep. It's kind of like limoncello. A little it bit. It does kind of. A little bit that. like a limoncello. I can see that. And you know how we feel about limoncello in Ooh, this we house. We like them limoncellos. All right. Yeah, that's going to be good. I, I like that. I with this. It's going to take some getting used to because, like I said, uh, that first drink is like sucking on a lemon. Yeah. So you're going to shake all this, put it in a shaker and a martini glass like we have. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's going to grow. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to grow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why don't you tell the people what movie you chose? Who said that I chose it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize you had the Smiths shirt on. I have the Smiths. Not the band, the Smiths, by the way, people. This is the uh, Smiths from yeah, but... uh, Philly. <laughs> Well, he's born and things. raised. <laughs> We're doing Ali, girl. We're doing Ali with my boo girl. boo Will Smith. So you know I'm really happy today. Among many talents in this movie. <sighs> oh my goodness! But in her eyes, there's only Will Smith. There's only Will Smith. I only he have ca- eyes He for carried you. this movie. Everybody else was dead weight. The champ is here. The champ is here. The champ is here! The champ is here! (laughs) Don't you dare. Everybody did a great job in this movie. They did. But go ahead. Our very cool new addition to our bar. Hendrix? Hendrix. We learn about Hendrix? Gin. We're drinking the summer solstice. Midsummer solstice. It's really good. You guys should go out. It is nice. If you like the gin. I do like it, honestly. It's smooth. I put down some real bucks on this one. Okay. I'm really... Putting some money into this bar for right. real, for real. Investment. Investment. This is a good one. People. Okay, so in 1886, the Grant family had a distillery in Scotland. Okay. Okay. Scotland. Fast forward. In 1955, Leslie Gracie was born, and she always loved, like, you know, flowers and... Flowers. And outdoors and the taste of things and stuff like that. And so in 1966, Mm -hmm. Charles Gordon, a.k.a. he's one of the Grant's grandson. Okay. He buys like some equipment at a auction that was like for a distillery. 
And he was like, you know what? Maybe I should kind of get into this like little game and stuff. And it wasn't until 1999 when the two got together and they like put their heads together and came up with this perfect recipe mm. for their gin, which is good. And theirs has like the essence, the like taste of cucumber and like rose essence in it. So like we're drinking a specialty one, but regular Hendrix is very like good and it does have like a cuc- rose cucumber. cucumber. So it would go taste. great with like cucumber Collin style. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, think about that the next time you're at the store and you're looking for gin for some reason, not us cuz we only do it for the show. Only for the show. <laughs> Shit. I don't know. I might sip on this because it is so smooth. Mm-hmm. I did get a crash course in uh, tequila while we were down uh, in Cabo this last week. Tell me some fun facts. I, I didn't learn a whole lot of fun facts, but like I learned uh, what to look for in the taste and everything and the different levels or the grades of tequila and what you might come to expect from different bottles. I didn't realize there was so many different from like... The silvers to the others and stuff. I feel like we talked about this, but go ahead. You probably taught us all this <laughs> stuff already. But feel like I did a lot of research. Now, when I go, sh- if I ever go shopping for tequila, I actually know somewhat what to look for. There you go. And my dude down there, I think his name was Josue, he like was getting us drunk in like five minutes. Like he got excited about the whole thing. Like we had already like said we were going to buy this particular bottle, and he was still. Pouring us shots from other bottles, like check this out, man. You gotta try Ooh, this one. You know what I mean? love when they do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. Shit. I was drunk in like five minutes. We took like four shots. <laughs> Last time I went to Mexico, I did tour a tequila factory. So mm. I feel you on that. Left very feeling feeling great. So it is Black History Month. Black History Month, people. Happy February. We're still in it. We're halfway through it. Blackest month of the year. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a black history fun fact. Get ready for it because it's fun. Okay. Okay. In 1989, the Grammys added their first ever best rap performance on their roster. That was the first year that they finally had rap on there, right? Okay. And the winner was DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. No shit. Which song was it? Parents just, just don't, don't understand. understand. Yes. Winning it. <laughs> Do you want to know who they were up against? Because I wanted to know after. I... Yeah. Because I've always known that. 1989. Fact. I absolutely want to know. All right. JJ Fad. JJ Fad. Supersonic. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Supersonic. Yep. Okay. Okay, so Kumo D, the Wild Wild West. West. Yep. Uh... Yep. So we're not Will Smith's Wild Wild West. No, that one came out uh, later. Later, later. uh, Almost like 10 years later. 97, something like that. (laughs) 98, I think, maybe. Okay. So, like nine years later, Will Smith's Wild Wild West hitting the charts. Him and Kevin (laughs) Klein. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so. We have LL Cool J for Let me let me let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Nineteen eighty nine. I need love. <laughs> no, is it? I wish. No, what is it? I'm, I'm going back out. to Cali. I'm Cali. Cali. I'm, I'm going, going back, back to Cali. Cali. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think so. 
This is probably my favorite. Okay. One other than parents just don't understand, obviously. Salt and peppers. Ah, push it. Push it real good. Still gets played at school dances and fucking weddings. I got so excited. Uh, Ashley was showing me episodes of uh, Mixed Dish last week before we uh left uh for Cabo. uh, That's the show she's working on right now. Yes, episode of Jelly. One of the girls was straight up wearing the salt and pepper jacket on the show. I was like, where the fuck did they find that shit? Someone made it. Dude, yeah, probably wardrobe made it. Yeah. But I got excited. I wish if I had one of those big ass jackets. Uh-huh. And we know who made those jackets. Yes, we do. Homeboy from House Party. Kid. Kid. <laughs> okay. So I picked Ali. Okay. For Black History Month because what's blacker than Ali, dude? Mom right. Ali. So this movie, I remember when it came out because. Well, obviously, it was. I know why you remember. But my dad's sister died of cancer earlier that month. So this movie comes out on December 25th, 2001. Uh And that Christmas, we didn't really have a tree until like towards the end of December. And it was just like a sad Christmas. And my mom's like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do for what will make you happy for Christmas? And I was like... Let's just go to the movies and go see Ali. Yeah. And I really feel like that started our like tradition of us going to the movies oh, okay. on Christmas. Because prior to that, we would just sit at the house and eat all day and play with the toys and pass out and shit. Sure. But I feel like that started it with this movie. I got you. And I love it. I love this movie. So the budget for this movie, though, mm-hmm. 107 million dollars okay and that's a lot for a movie fuck yeah and translated in 2020 money that's 158 million dollars damn gina and it made me being one of those people 87 million dollars get the fuck out of here which in 2020 money is 128 million dollars it lost money Damn. Yeah, it cost too much to make this movie. But it was beautifully done. Beautifully done. It was beautiful. I see where all the money went. Really? They didn't even hire a camera operator. They didn't? No. Oh, shit. The director is the camera operator. Oh, shit. That's 50 G's off the top right there. Well, how come it didn't make money? How come Will Smith didn't? Christmas. Come on, Christmas. Because you know why? Because they have a murderer's row of actors in this movie. Yeah. They got those heavy hitter actors in this movie. Yeah, and they're all damn good. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe they didn't advertise it enough or something. I can't say that because I I'll remember. Was, I do. Yeah. And I feel like it was, but I don't know if it was because I was seeking it out. I don't know. Okay. I mean, the soundtrack was big so good so fucking good we're not going to talk about it but it was a good soundtrack and the songs on there mm-hmm. we hit the charts so yeah i don't know you ready for rotten tomatoes not when you say it like that are you ready well you know i'm not gonna be <laughs> slide to me you know i'm not gonna be happy with anything that's not 100 just lie to me the critics gave it 
96%. You liar. <laughs> Dang, I tried it. I kept eye contact and everything. Okay, the critics gave it 67%. Um, and motherfuckers. The, I know. And the audience gave it 65%. You gotta be shitting me. Yeah. And you know Zenobia gave it like 2,000%. In 2000 and... I'm sorry... Yeah, 2001, are we that detached from this story that happened less than 30 years, uh, well, around 30 years before prior? I don't know, man. Hmm. I do not know. All right, I'm officially upset. Let's get going. Let's dive right in. Then this is the perfect time. Wah! I'm in fighting mode now. All right. <laughs> don't fight the feeling. Okay, I know something that'll make you happy, though. Mm. It's time for... The motherfucking drinking game. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> You're trying to hold it out on me. <laughs> Don't try and trip me up. Just trying to mix it up a little bit. So, <laughs> you ready for the drinking game? Give me that drinking game. You gonna take one simp? Too late. When Ali raps slash jokes, mm. so when he does his little, you know, I'm a bad man. Float like a butterfly, sing like a bee. Oh! Rumble, young man, rumble. When you do that, <laughs> I'm bad like that. man. Fast. You know how fast I am? How fast? Last week. I went to bed, I turned off the lights, I was under the covers before the room got dark. Mm, that's <laughs> fast. I done tussled with a whale. Any of those beautiful mm-hmm. gems or... Uh, what did he say? I'm so bad I make medicine sick. He do. <laughs> he do. And I'll take his jokes, special anytime he does with fucking Howard Corsell. Mm. Lifting up the fucking toupee. Oh yeah, you or... want some food for that thing? You want some food for that I... thing? How could you do such a thing? Because it's funny. To someone you would revere. Dude, like, and for those of you that don't know, that really happened. That is really That happened. really happened. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, like, skipped, like, at one beat and then was like, all right, let's turn this shit off. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got to tip my hat off to John Voight. On my toupee, off to John Voight in that <laughs> movie, man. He killed it playing Howard Cosell. I mean... You ain't nothing but an instigator. How'd you get that way? <laughs> Did your wife leave you yet? No, no she, she hasn't. Well, she's gonna. She's gonna. <laughs> I talked to her last week and I said, why are you doing why this to you, yourself? <laughs> why are you doing this to yourself? All those jokes. He gets him, dude. Oh, it's so great. People say that you're not the same fighter that you were 10 years ago. What do you say about that? I didn't even want to talk about this, man. Especially not out here in front of all these people. But I talked to your wife. Mm. And she said you're not the man you used to be two, two years, years ago. ago. <laughs> Got him. Got him. He does such a good Muhammad, job. now you're being truculent. <laughs> well, if it's good, I'm that. <laughs> <laughs> All of it, I want it. So you're going to take one simp when, when Boudini takes it, tells a joke, uh-huh. you're going to take a simp. All right. So that's... When he's doing his rhyming? Oh, his rhyming. The truth tastes good when it's, it's a belly full of lies. lies. What you talking about? It don't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. 
<laughs> yes, I want that. Uh-huh. I wonder what he's like. All right, all right, champ. But you are knock the ugly off of it. It's gonna take a long time, but you can do it. It's gonna take, take a long, long time, time, but you can do but it. You can do it. <laughs> Two hundred and eighteen pounds of what? Pounds are ugly. <laughs> right. Oh my God, Bondini's bad though. <laughs> he, he, that's why he had a route because he needed. Like I kept wondering, like, what's the point of him? But it's because he needs He's somebody a, to fucking bounce all his stupid shit off of. That too, but also you need that. Like, as an athlete, you need to constantly motivate yourself. And self-motivation can run stagnant after a certain point. Yeah. And you got to keep stoking that fire. You're tired. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. chasing the same goal yeah. day, day in, in and day, day out, out, you know. Yeah. And when you have somebody with a tool bag of motivational speeches, you know. So you're going to take a simp when Ali has sexy time. (laughs) So anytime that he has... Now you over here trying to make up with me. (laughs) Anytime he's romping around with his ladies, then yeah. And he loves them women. He do love them. He got a weakness for women. First to take my eyes, then the rest of me follow. Making me the most lovingest husband in the world, the most terriblest husband at the same time. Look at you. Cocoa skin. Green eyes. Okay, rest of me. Let's go. Oh, my God. (laughs) Ain't nothing like the sisters, though. Mm -mm. Ain't nothing like the sisters. All of them. All of them look like Like Veronica Veronica over here. (laughs) All I want to say is, Will Smith, I love you. In this movie, he just amplifies how much I love him because everything that you could possibly want in Will Smith is in this movie. Mm. They, they could not have found a better actor to portray Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Not only in his uh, stature and his physicality, but with, you know, both of them charming motherfuckers. <laughs> charming. Good looking, you know beautiful man. Mm-hmm. Strong. Now, don't get me wrong. Took some work to get Will to move like a boxer. Well, yeah, he ain't you know a boxer. I mean? He's not a boxer. But it was real. And there was some stories behind the scenes about that shit. We'll, we'll get there, I guess. So, um, <laughs> you gonna take a simp mm-hmm. when Bundini has a drink. Nice. What you drinking? I mean, what am I drinking, chap? It's water. This is water. <laughs> Liar. You know, I'm pure. <laughs> I'm a natural man. Natural man. <laughs> hey, you are, sir. What you wanted, isn't it? Water glass with vodka in it. It was before. Before, before you showed up. Before you showed up. Get your ass on out of here. Getting me in trouble. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, so, my God. He's the greatest. I need you to take a drink when he's be drinking. He drunk. Mm-hmm. Always. You're going to take a simp when Ali is running through the town. So anytime he's mm. running through his city, you're going to take a simp. That's immediate. You bet, y'all better start drinking as soon as they press play. As soon as you press play. And he's running. You're like, oh, Racist-ass cops. Where Racist you running from, cops. boy? Where the fuck I'm jogging? Get out of here with that shit. Before he's the winner, before he's the champ, mm-hmm. after he's the champ, when he's lost all his money. Mm-hmm. When he's running through Africa, you're going to take a sip. You're going to take a sip when he wins a boxing match. 
Nice. So every boxing match he wins, you don't take a sale. Ah, ah, he just, I'm a bad man. He is a bad. I am the greatest. 22, young and pretty. Hold on, hold on. Let Sam Cook in here. I'm yes. the greatest boxer in the world. We need the greatest singer in the world. Yes. Preach. <laughs> so you're going to take a simp when Ali is playing with kids. Oh, that's sweet. He seems to do that a lot he in does. this movie. When he's sitting there watching him, talking about the mummy, watching uh-huh. the mummy, or playing that with money, the kid on the street. That mummy ain't going to catch him. That mummy is 876 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> So yeah, you're gonna take a simp. Okay. You're gonna take a simp when some someone mentions or calls him like a draft draft dodger. Dodger. Mm. So like when he knocked, conscientious objector wasn't exactly a thing yeah, yet. Yeah. It wasn't a term. So any of those horrible moments, you take a simp. Okay. A much heavier opponent. I'm fighting the entire U.S. government. Are you going to jail? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) If I wasn't, you know, I would tell you guys right now. We're going to appeal and we're going to lose. Then it goes to the Supreme Court. What happens after that? Well, then you go to jail for five years. Then you go to jail. Then this is all for nothing. Fine. Go get me some champ burgers. <laughs> I would have had a champ burger. So you go fistful of fries. I love fries. And a fistful of them. We can call them Muhammad Ali milkshakes or something like that. <laughs> Dude, I'd Ch- die in there. Champ shakes. Is it was it a real place? I don't know. No, in in real life, uh he became a I know he had a, a speaker for yeah. college commencements and things like that. Yeah. He really was not allowed to fight they took his passport they uh stripped him of his title and took his boxing license away well they show him doing the speeches too yeah so yeah so you're gonna finish your drink finish that drink you ready Uh uh-huh when he changes his name ah what's wrong with our name my name i know that he does change it three times Mm -hmm. i'm not really gonna count like is it three times i thought it was just twice Cassius X. Cassius X and then... Muhammad Ali. Muhammad. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Now, if a man wants to change his name to Muhammad Ali, God damn it, this is a free country. Yep. You should respect his wishes and call the man Muhammad Ali. His mama called him Clay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call him Clay. Well, then you're a putz. The three of you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Different <yeah>. movie. <laughs> So when he changes his name to... Muhammad Ali. Yes. I'm still doing it. Do it again. Muhammad Ali. <laughs> <laughs> when that happens, you're going to finish your drink. What's wrong with our name? My name. We made you, boy. Ain't nobody made me. I'd be pissed kind of too. But I'd, then not really because then I would kind of... I mean, I understand. I'd have mixed feelings. I understand. I'd Back be hurt then, and proud. Back then... People didn't do shit like that. So mm. he was just being extra. They're like, yeah. oh, you being real extra. Yeah. Okay, so you going to finish your drink when the Joe Frazier poem is said. Joe Frazier poem? Remind me. 
He's like, he swings to the left. Oh. Swings with his right. Just look at the kid carry the fight. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's a yep. good one. That's a damn good poem. It's never gonna happen. But don't wait for that fight. It ain't never gonna happen. Only thing you could do is wonder and imagine. All you can do is wonder and imagine. This has been a ABC <laughs> exclusive or whatever how Cosell says. Have yep. a little co coffee with your sugar. <laughs> He's <laughs> pouring the whole thing in there. <laughs> that's how I make my coffee too. That's how Denzel does it in uh, American Gangster. <laughs> oh, that's a good one for next year. Yeah. That is a true story. Okay, so you go. Boy, Idris dies though. Just saying. That part, I try not to even remember. I try to remember mm -hmm. he's not even in the movie because I don't want to think of him dying. 20%. <laughs> You're going to finish your drink. Okay. When Ali takes George Foreman down. Damn. Ali Bumbaye. Ali Bumbaye. Ali Bumbaye. Ali Bumbaye. What does Ali Bumbaye mean? Ali. Kill him. <laughs> like, oh, damn. Yeah, because they did not know who the fuck George Foreman was. Yeah, this new They kid knew who out Muhammad of Ali was. Chill. They were all about it. And as uh, history shows, Foreman was staying in the, in the nice hotel. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Ali was down there with the people, as Common would say. It's for the people. I feel like, yes, because I'm one of those people that when I go to yeah. a different country, yeah, you I want to go with the, the people. people. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. You got anything to add to the drink game? Do I have anything to add to this drinking game? Oh. I might have a thing or two to add to this drinking game. I'm about to make another. I'm going to say, take a sip anytime Howard is uh, snapping pictures. He's always in the background. Singing in the background. <laughs> Always in the background, taking the uh, most amazing shots. We should have said this earlier, but uh, I hope you guys are comfortable because this is probably going to be a longer than normal episode. Two and a half hour movie in the first place. And this movie is based off of a lot of history. Yep. Uh, history that is near and dear to both of our hearts. I try to keep it as short as possible, but yep. God knows. Fill my cup, put some liquor in it. <laughs> Texture, side check. Julio, get the stretch. Built <laughs> oh, a book. All right, well, that is the motherfucking drinking game. Yes, sir. I ain't trying to keep up with you. <laughs> You really think I'd be listening to you? Hmm. I ain't listening to you. You listening to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> can I tell you a fun fact? Can I get a witness? Are you ready for a fun fact? <sighs> yeah, give me that fun fact. This film takes place from February 25th, 1964 mm -hmm. through October 30th, 1974. 1974. Okay. So, 10, 10 years. years. So he went from 22 to 32. Ten years and three wives. Well. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he was what he was. I mean, know. without that third wife, we wouldn't have Layla Ali. That's true. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Fine ass, beautiful boxing bitch. 
I thought you were talking about sexy Veronica Porsche. She also is sexy. Isn't she? she is sexy. Yeah. Have we talked about her? Mm, yes. Uh, the actress, yes. In what? We'll, we'll get there. Okay, so. <laughs> who are we starting with? My man. The El Director, El Jefe. Who happens to be Mr. Michael Mann, who we have not talked about yet. Okay. But this director is... Uh, a uh, director after my own heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a four-time Oscar-nominated director. Yeah. You may recognize him from such movies as Last of the Mohicans, Collateral, The Insider, for which he was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Writer. Ooh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so uh, you also might recognize him from the fantastic, arguably one of the greatest movies in cinema history, Heat. Yes. Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's Michael Mann right there. You, sir, Have are a bad it? guy. I'm the police. It's my job to put guys like you away. I don't like it, but I'll do it. Uh, Michael Mann is a fantastic director, and one of the things that I greatly respect about him is his point of view. He... Uh, likes to operate his own camera because, like me, he has a specific perspective in mind and you can't always relay that in words. You kind of just have to be like, here, let me let me do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so a lot of his movies, he is the camera operator as well as the director. That's like unheard of, I feel like. It's not always the case. There's some directors that do it. It's uh, it's very few. Yeah. But he is absolutely one of them. So he was the camera operator on this movie. And he did a fantastic job. Absolutely. Like, it was, it's so beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. He was also the camera op on Public Enemies with uh, Johnny Depp. Oh, that was Same nice. as Collateral with Jamie Foxx and... That was interesting. What's his face? Uh, Tom Cruise. The Insider, which is what he was mostly nominated for. Okay. And uh, Manhunter. He was also a director, writer, camera operator back in 1986. Okay. I mean, he has a specific look that he wants, and you can't always achieve that by relying on your words to translate that to somebody else. We talked about how this movie already... Mm. Had a high budget, man. Yeah. To even fucking make this shit. Mm-hmm. So Will Smith and Michael Mann offered up their salaries if they went over budget. Really? Okay. Interesting. Which I would do too because... I was going to say because neither one of them come cheap. They don't. And Will Smith, I believe he's a producer on this too. So, I mean... I wouldn't doubt it. It's a lot to put on to like have to pay him for all this other stuff. And he's just like, I just want to make this movie. Like, yeah, absolutely. And I also believe that he thought that this was his chance to get his Oscar. So he went full force for it. Okay. Do you know who was who was considered for this job first? I kind of don't want to know. Of being but... director. Oh, of director. Okay. Who you got? Mr. Spike Lee. Ah. So this could have been a Spike Lee joint. Okay. But he was considered for the job, but... He took a meeting with Will Smith, and Will was like, look, Spike, what I need from you is to to look beyond his horizon, to look to be more than what we're known. Like what Spike, Spike Lee's niche known. is. Yes. Okay. And he knew from that moment, he was like, 
Oh, you guys don't want me. No. <laughs> you don't want me. No. You want me, but you don't really want me. Yeah. Which I could see him doing a great job. I could see him doing a great job, but it would be a totally different movie. It would be a totally different movie. And yeah. I'm kind of... I'm. This particular movie is more about the history and like than it. putting a Spike Lee twist on it. Yeah. So I like it, and but we could have had this could have been a Spike Lee joint. Mm. He already did Malcolm X by this time. Yeah. You know? Yep. Okay. I mean, and that's probably one of the reasons why they wanted him. Because yeah. he had already done uh, Malcolm X. This period, yeah. You know, he was already familiar with the period, with the history and everything like I that. I mean, that was nominated too. So. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I thought you were going to say like somebody else was being considered to play Ali. I'm like, who? They ain't got nobody. Wesley Snipes. Nah. Um, Eddie Murphy. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, Marlon Wayans. Hold up. Eddie Murphy did portray Muhammad Ali <laughs> on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I was like, eh. <laughs> talking, man, man, you don't sound like I'm taking too many punches. It could have been Sidney Portier. My or... dude was long past. I, I know that. There is nobody in 2000, 2001 that hits my brain that could play Muhammad Ali. Could have been... If you say Michael B. Jordan, I'm walking off this stage. <laughs> 2001, Michael B. was like 14. Get me? I understand. <laughs> Math, all right? So, Michael Mann is uh -huh. someone that I think that we need to not only admire for, like, his awesomeness, like, fucking movies. Resume, yeah. It took until he was the age of 38 to have his first feature film dude that's so awesome. damn he really is a director after my own heart. that's what I, I saw that and i was like let me write that down because i love to hear people who thought that it was over their, yeah yeah they thought that you know their chance for them to be something great was over because mm -hmm. they were getting to a certain age and then you fucking do something amazing that changes yeah. everything we started out as a writer writing for like Starsky and Hutch and shit. Yeah. And he's 77 now, not slowing down by any means. He's got 10 titles in development right now. Mm. One of them, which looks very interesting, uh, Enzo Ferrari. Okay. He was also a producer on uh, Ford versus Ferrari. That was his most oh, recent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That just came out. Yeah. Producer credit, not director credit. The last thing he directed was Black Hat with uh, Chris Helmsworth, which I saw. It was good. May have been more of a uh, payday I didn't than a passion project for him because uh, I don't think he wrote it mm -hmm. and therefore he made it cinematically beautiful. He has that talent. But, you know, if, if you don't write it, you know, the story is what it is. Yeah. You know, that was definitely a studio movie. Do you want to know a fun fact? Give me that fun fact. The first draft of this movie was mm -hmm. 200 pages. Okay. And it started from his childhood to present day of like early 2000s. Dude, whoever would have played young Muhammad Ali would be Michael B. right now. It could have been Michael B. Jordan playing him. I doubt it. I, I don't doubt anything. <laughs> because that would have been like. That I'm just giving the, you shit. That would have been the best <laughs> movie of my fucking life. I got both of my bays in one. Ugh. 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 
Oh my goodness. All right. Continue. <laughs> All right, continue. Who we going to talk about oh, next? I thought, I thought you were talking about the 200 pages. That was it. It was 200 paper, pages, and it was starting from his childhood to, like... Okay. Well, then, if that's the case, let's start with the white people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of them. Uh, but this is uh, one of my favorites. Um, this is the boxing technical advisor. None other than the late, great Mr. Angelo Dundee himself. Angelo Dundee was Muhammad Ali's actual trainer. Okay. Okay. He trained many fighters, including Sugar Ray Leonard, Muhammad Ali, Carmine Basilio. Uh, The list goes on. So Angelo Dundee is and always will be a fantastic boxing trainer but uh as history has shown he wasn't ali's first trainer he was his professional trainer so they brought cassius clay to angelo dundee once it was time for him to become a professional so the story with ali is you know how he you know had his bike stolen yeah and tried to report it and stuff. And was like, nah, you might want to learn how to fight. And then he went to this gym in Louisville and told him, like, I want to whoop the person who stole my bike or something like that. Yeah. You know. He came uh, in pissed. He was mad. He was coming in hot. <laughs> He's like, who, whoever stole this goddamn bike is about to get their ass whooped. And somebody needs to teach me how to kick how to do it. <laughs> He's like, okay. So uh, Angelo Dundee was Ali's trainer for all but two of his bouts. So not only is he the technical boxing advisor in Ali, he also is a uh, featured extra. So you see him what in the corner. Where? In Ali's corner. You see him in the background a couple of times. In you all know? of his match? Not all like of them. He's crew. like, you only see him like once or twice. Now I got to see yeah. him. And he's done this uh, in a couple of movies. You will also recognize him from Cinderella Man. Oh, shit. Ron Howard's movie, which is one of my favorite boxing movies in terms of story and uh, the way that a boxing sequence is shot. Mm -hmm. It is right up there. Okay. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Michael Mann shot this very, very well. I actually love his point of view on how to shoot a boxing sequence because he will take those wide shots and then he will cut immediately from what's happening in the wide their physical position, and he will cut to right behind the person receiving the punches and cut right in between, like halfway between a punch. In the first wide shot, you see all of their body, and you see Foreman is about to throw that hook. Then you cut immediately to behind Ali's back, and you see the hook smash right into his ribs. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what immerses you into a story, in my personal opinion. Fucking gin, dude. Fucking gin. <laughs> I feel it, and I'm like, so we just keep your... We're already two drinks I'm probably going to make another one because it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Angie, nobody talks to Angie like that, you, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, man. Don't you never talk to Angelo like that. Don't you never hear me let you never talk to Angie like that again. Something wrong with you, man? Thank you calling some shots around here. You ain't calling nothing. Which, if you've seen 
I when have. we were kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was Ali did two autobiographies, if I'm not mistaken, and one of them he actually was an actor. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some of it, seen of it. him being him. and it's I weird seen that shit when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Will Smith does a better him. Than him. For sure. Uh, but um, if you watch When We Were Kings, which is more of a documentary on the rumble in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also a Spike Lee joint. Is it? I believe so. No shit. Either way, Angelo Dundee... Sadly, passed away in 2012, but he will forever be remembered as the great trainer of over 15 world-class boxing champions. Oh, and that's what I was going to say is that is actually in the documentary footage when Muhammad Ali cuts off Don King when he does say something to yeah, Angelo Dundee. That really did happen. It did. So a lot of the things in this movie really did happen. It did. Like that situation. Out of all the movies so far this month, mm-hmm. this one is the most accurate. This is the most accurate to what happened in history, for sure. And in uh, We Were Kings, it was not a Spike Lee joint. It was not a Spike Lee joint. I didn't think it was. It was more... I just know it didn't have his flair to it. But uh, Ron Silver is the one who actually portrays Angelo Dundee. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Ron Silver, you might recognize from Time Cop (laughs) (laughs) with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay. You know, Uh, I thought he did a great job in this. I love his... uh, his accent that he puts on and everything. Like, you know when... Uh, He's like, George don't like it here. <laughs> <laughs> George don't like it here. Yeah, exactly. George leaves. He ain't coming back. George don't like it here. Thank you, And his my- responses, dude. Like, when they uh, are interviewing him and they're, like, throwing off-the-wall questions just because they want dirt and, like, yeah. uh, like Cassius, you- are you a black Muslim? What kind Man's of question is that? Man's religion is his own business. What kind of question is that? What kind of question is that? You know? Or even when they're in the locker room and Malcolm X shows up and Cassius is like, hey, man, you don't don't nobody got to hide when they're with me. Yeah. And Malcolm's like, there's nothing wrong with, you know, being subtle about things or whatever he says. Cautious, pretty much. Yeah, they immediately cut to Ron Silver and he's like, yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, does a great, great job. I do like it where he's like... George don't like it here. And George then, don't like, like it here. And then yeah. fucking <laughs> he Don don't because they don't like him. They don't like him. <laughs> you are absolutely right. <laughs> so like they're everybody's chanting for this man to fucking kill me. Uh, I don't like it here. Mm-hmm. And fucking I love when Don King is like, what does he say? He goes, yes, you are so right. <laughs> How right you are, my suspicious and short Italian brother. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> so what you want, Don? <laughs> Muhammad Ali. My black brother, uh, I need you. I, I need your strength. strength. I need you to keep his ass here. <laughs> like Moses, Moses in, in reverse. reverse. Do, Do not, not let my people, people go. go. <laughs> <Nope>. Not. Because <laughs> what's going to come out of it, baby, is money. Yep. All those alliterations and those Ds. That is the discouraged, dispirited, denigrated denizens of the Dimamon that is called the ghetto. Damn, Don. 
like you must have studied the whole D section of the dictionary. For real. You crazy. The duplices. I don't even know what he says. I can't Something of the demigod that that is the ghetto. D. I don't understand. Is it in his contract that he has to have like the most craziest hair? His Dom King was on point. Don't you be knocking it. But I mean, like, the craziest, like, long monologues of just, like, random shit. Like, I mean, he has that. He's just so good. Crooked preacher thing down. <laughs> he has the Dom King, like, ramble rap going down. Mm-hmm. He could do a bunch of shrimp types. Shrimp? Like, he's fucking oh, <laughs> I mean, we're going to get to him. We're going to get to him. You know? <laughs> oh my god barbecue um, shrimp yeah okay I don't uh, want to I don't me. even want to start shrimping it don't start shrimping Hawaiian shrimp <laughs> saute shrimp okay oh my god sadly Mr. Ron Silver did pass away in 2009 no yeah it's a, it's a damn shame but these things happen you know, uh, he wasn't very old though, sadly, because he was born in 1946. But yeah, sadly, he did pass away uh, March 15th, 2009. So he was 63. <sighs> Not even 62. Sad, really, sad. Really young. So, uh, Ron, we appreciate you and you did a hell of a job. And we will talk about you on the next one. Mm hmm. We talked about a lot of people already in this mm-hmm. movie, so yeah. Uh, but some people that we haven't talked to or talked about. Let's start with the non-actors, aka the real boxers. Okay. So I didn't write any of this because I knew you would. Because George, George Foreman, yeah, was a massive heavyweight. Yes. You know what I mean? Solid dude. Yeah, absolutely. They could not hire an actor to portray that it's gonna be hard you're gonna be hard pressed to find an actor that can do that and look that way Mm -hmm. so they hired mr charles shufford who is or was an american boxer he's now 47 years old so he's retired yeah but he was a heavyweight he was six three damn my dude was big and uh, he had his professional career. He had 35 amateur fights at uh, super heavyweight before fighting as a professional. And that's all I'm going to say about Mr. Charles Shelford because we got a big-ass list. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a reason why he didn't say anything in the movie because he's not an actor, for one. <laughs> Two, because uh, I don't think George said a whole lot back then either. Not back then. Now no. you can't shut his ass now up. Now you can't shut his ass up. He's got that smile. He's, yeah, he's bald and smiling, <laughs> selling fucking grills. However, somebody, uh, a boxer who always has had a bit of a personality, plays Joe Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Get up, Joe. It'd be easy to get a fight with Frazier now. Only thing he's champion of is getting. So, Joe Frazier is played by Mr. James Tony, Okay. Who's also, I believe, a former heavyweight champ, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh, I don't know if he was a champ. but I, I don't remember he if he was a champ or not. I'll double check that, but I'm almost positive that he was a champ. He did a good job because I did believe him when he was like, What I got and all I got, I got with these right here. 
Hell, man, I already got the title, so I ain't got nothing to win, but I got everything to lose. I ain't got anything to gain, but I got everything to lose. Mm-hmm. Nickname Lights got, Out. He held multiple world championships in three weight classes. There you go. Yes, he was. I had a feeling that he was a former champ. But, uh, yeah, he plays Joe Frazier, and thank God that they hired James Tony because, one, darkness is spreading. You know, he's got that same <laughs> look that uh, Joe Frazier had. Not only that, I thought he did a good job. Like I said. You no? Know? He's like, all right. Everything I ever got was with these. I'm, you beat. You beat Quarry? I'm going to get your ring. I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to kick your ass. ass. <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass. Damn, Joe. You look like you're the heavyweight champion of pimps. <laughs> Rolling up in Rolling a caddy. <laughs> you fucking thick ass hey, cyber. It might be one of my favorite moments in the movie cool. is that conversation that they have together. Because they're real. And they're he's like, real. look, I know that you need this. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, you know, let's just make some money. He's like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And you need this. Yeah. But I sure. also think that I could kick your fucking ass. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Joe Frazier absolutely believed it. James Tony being a boxer has the mindset that I can beat everybody that steps in the ring with me. Mm-hmm. And that's the mindset that you have to have. Yeah. Not only that, they're having their conversation and he absolutely says, like, why should I do this? You know, you know, I got uh, nothing, to, nothing gain to gain and, and everything, everything to lose. lose. And Will comes right back. He's like, yeah, but you know that you're not the real champ yet. Yeah, but you know you ain't the real champ yet. And that actually lands on him because he does know that until he beats Ali, he's not the real champ. And he's always, that's going to stick with him if he doesn't take that fight. But then afterwards, even after they have their agreement of like, yeah, I'm going to beat your ass. All right, I see you. And you're right. And we're going to get it on. He's still as a black man after the deal is done it's like by the way you need anything? you need some money hold yeah. you over how you know this that how and the other wife, how your kids you need you know, some money exactly because i know you don't have your license you know you do i don't know how you you know surviving right now these motherfuckers yeah. stripped you of everything they mm-hmm. don't want you to succeed you know and, and as a fellow black man i got you he's one i appreciate the hell out of that moment i do too and I feel like, as him, I would say that yeah. and then just send him fucking money. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, no matter, even if his family was starving, he's not going to be like, yeah, we need money. He's going to be like, no, nah, we good. You know, we we good. Her mama helping or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, James Tony is one of those, I remember, he's one of those uh, boxers who also fought for longer than they should. Long past his prime. Uh, he uh, fought from 1988 all the way up until 2017, which was but three years ago. My dude is 51 Damn. right now. He had that that personality, dude. Uh, but James Tony was a hell of a boxer. I love the physicality. I love that they chose a boxer to portray this, and they got lucky with James Tony being naturally able to have that personality to portray and be natural in front of the camera because not every athlete can do that he did a good job yeah i like him a lot it was real you know what i mean so i hope he does some more stuff shit he's only get 51 out get out there you know 
Uh, but that's it for the boxers. Everybody else in this movie is an actor. Are you ready for a fun fact? Yes, because I'm already feeling good. I'm feeling good, too. So we got to move this along because... I don't know. I'm I don't know how much longer we're going to get. I don't know how far I'm going <laughs> to get. Luckily, we've it. talked about a few actors on here already. Like I said, we've <laughs> talked about quite a few actors on here already. So, Sam Cooke, Malcolm X, and Ali in real life were friends. Yes. This is real. Mm-hmm. And Jim Brown. We talked about And him. Jim Brown. He was also, he was, he's not mentioned, he's not mentioned in this movie, right? Very little. Very little. He's at their apartment the night uh, Ali becomes champ. Oh, so that's all right. four of them are there. That is true. Sam Cooke has a little bit more screen time than Jim Brown, but Jim Brown is there. Uh, they cast, I don't remember who, to play Jim Brown, but he is built well, like a fridge. You look at his fucking Jim, you know young I mean? ass Jim Brown. Young Jim Brown, absolutely. My dude. Raider Nation, baby. <laughs> so, um, yeah. They were friends in real life. Okay. And those four together were trying to start a movement of sorts yeah. of entertainers, black entertainers, mm-hmm. uh, being more vocal in the way that we're being treated in the world and to encourage other black athletes and entertainers to do the same. So it is only fitting that Sam Cooke music is played in this movie a lot mm-hmm. especially after Malcolm X gets assassinated yeah and if you are a fan of the 1992 Malcolm X movie the Spike Lee joint the Spike Lee joint <laughs> then you would know that Sam Cooke's A Change Is Gonna Come is a song that plays when Malcolm X is on his way to be assassinated mm-hmm. so it's kind of a cool connection in a sad way because those two men both uh, get killed yeah i was just looking it up uh but i think that whoever played uh jim brown is unaccredited i can't find him because i don't think i feel like they don't really say his name no they do they do they do when he's sitting there watching the mummy movie He's yeah. like, that's going to be next. Muhammad Ali versus Jim Brown. Oh, that is, you're right. Right? First thing that he happens when he walks in. And uh, I love that they started with that historic night, that performance mm-hmm. of uh, Sam Cooke mm-hmm. at the Harlem, uh, The it was a one night stand at the Harlem something club. We have the record. Yep. But I'm too drunk to get up and go get it. Don't you go get it <laughs> But having the album and watching the movie, very, very similar how uh, close the performances are. Yeah. You know? And, dude, I love the way they shot that. Well, they did a lot of good digging into, like, old archive of mm-hmm. videos for from that time period because I did watch like kind of a side-by-side of Ali's boxing. Okay. And it was pretty on point. Yeah. On yeah, he definitely everything. learned his footwork. Not only that, it's just like, you know, the choreography of the fighting was on point. Of, yes. They were very stuff. adamant about the way that people got knocked down had yeah. to be the same as they got knocked down in history. Yeah. Of course. Q 
keep them fat straight. <laughs> Who else we going to talk about today? Uh, we going to talk about somebody that we've already talked about. <laughs> Mr. Barry Shabaka. Shaba Henley. <laughs> what are we talking about, Matt? In life. Lucky seven. Lucky My man, let him ride. Yeah. I know your club got gambling, Ray. He's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, and I, as I was going through the list, I was like, we talked about him. Mm-hmm, we so absolutely a- did. So, <laughs> Barry plays the son of... The Honorable Elijah Muhammad. There we go. And what's his name in this? Herbert? Herbert. Herbert Muhammad. Muhammad. And Herb's fucking ass. They they uh, villainize them, they obviously. Do. Now, how close to this is in actual history, I don't know. But I wouldn't put it one way or the other. That they probably did ban Muhammad from oh, that's the temple. Oh, you know? That's real. Yeah. And when he got banned from boxing, they kind of turned their back on him as well. They didn't help him out. They didn't help him out. And they didn't fight for him. They didn't stand by him. And then all of a sudden, he makes things happen on his own, and he gets the fight with Frazier on his own, and then in walks Herbert's ass. Where were you? Exactly. Got me messing around talking about I was broke, and then now, now all of a sudden I can't be a Muslim. The messenger has lifted your suspension. Congratulations. But I never stopped being a Muslim just because exactly. you wouldn't let me go to the temple. I ain't temple. never stopped just because you don't allow me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love Allah. I love the nation, but it does not control me. It does not own me. And thank God he finally spoke up about that shit. That's because his wife's like, his well, wife, look, yeah. you know it has to be bad if she coming to you and be like, uh-huh. Hey, girl. Promise me you're going to get some new people behind you. He doesn't, at least in the part of the movies in that, that we part, see. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, because Herbert throws that money out there. We can get $5 million for Frazier. I feel like it's better. I feel like he thinks of it as better to be with the evil you know than, than the, the evil, evil you, you don't. don't. I agree. I think that's exactly what it is. Because uh, he knows exactly what to expect. From Herbert and Elijah Muhammad, and yeah. however they're gonna deal with that situation, mm-hmm. but at least he stands his ground. He says his piece, and he has Herbert believing that he's lost Ali before he says, "Now go make that Fraser deal." Yeah, I mean, five million dollars is a lot of money. Five million dollars is a lot of money, especially back then. Psh. Mickey Mantle wasn't making that much. Psh. You know what I mean? It'll yeah. Be, that's a lot of money back then. That's a then. lot of money. Mm-hmm. So. Do that fast math. Probably 10. I don't know. My don't brain's know. moving too slow. Fucking gin. I kind of want another Is one. Is your brain floating like a butterfly, but not so much stinging like a bee it's anymore? It's not stinging like a bee. <laughs> it is definitely just floating. Okay. Well, I'm floating and stinging, so let's keep moving. <laughs> Shit. I'm feeling good right now. All right. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh. I will say that uh, my dude Barry was recently in a great movie. May I recommend it because it's on Netflix. Yes. Uh, and it is Dolomite Is My Name. Is my motherfucking name. <laughs> yes. Way down in the jungle deep. <laughs> he plays Demond <laughs> in Dolomite Is My Name. 
And uh, he's got some things in the works right now. He's got some movies. He's got some TV shows. Moving Keep shaking. doing you, Barry. Shit. Second movie on the show. Mm-hmm. Fucking killing the two bangers. Mm-hmm. Black actors. Black actors, man. <laughs> Black actors. Speaking of, we're going to talk about somebody that you already brought up earlier this evening. Don motherfucking King. Oh, yeah. McKelty Williamson. Which we have talked about before, but I can't get enough of this man. A.K.A. Bubba. Hey, Bubba. Hey, Forrest. Why'd this happen? (laughs) I won't go home. You got shot. (laughs) My dude does a great Don King. He does a great everything. He absolutely does. From this movie to Con Air to Heat, another Michael Mann movie. To, to Forrest Gump, to, to Fences, Fences, to Free Willy. To Free Willy, that's free right. Free motherfucking Willy. That's right, he is Free Willy. Mm-hmm. He is the Free Willy. Hey, guy. man, your mama ain't coming back. You don't remember when they left you on our doorstep? Remember that. His Dude, room was super awesome. Right? Like, why would you want to leave a Dwight, fucking... just shut up and leave me alone. Ugh. Spoiled ass. Spoiled ass. Bitch. I mean, he's not really spoiled, though. <laughs> he's just, My dude is in the system. He is in he's the system. He's got a big old chip on his shoulder. But that's not the movie we're talking about right now. Actually, Black History Month. Let's switch it up. Free Willy. Free Willy. We get to talk about a Will, uh, Michael Jackson song. Yeah. How you said, wait. <laughs> Couldn't wait to the end of my VHS tape of Free Willy so that the Michael Jackson video would play. Mm-hmm. And the squishy cover. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the plastic. Mm. Okay. <laughs> the bubble plastic, whatever you call it. <laughs> oh, my God. So, McKelty Williamson. What movie are we even talking about? We're talking about Ali. <laughs> oh, that's... <Bumbaye. laughs> Ali. Bumbaye. Ali. All right. And we're back. Um, dude, he's damn good. With all those alliterations and shit, I can't even portray it properly. I'd have to speak it so slow, and I'd be like, "Y'all mm-hmm. got to speed this shit up because mm-hmm. there's no way." And he all absolutely is playing Don King, and oh. Don King is playing both sides of the fence. Oh, of He's course. gassing up George. He's I gassing know you say up that about him, Ali. <laughs> but Ali's not falling for it. Is the only thing. I mean, I wouldn't fall for it either. Yeah. Because he is, like Ali's wife says, that he, what's he say? He thinks green. He thinks uh, he's white. He talks black, thinks acts white, white and thinks, thinks green. green or something like that. It must bloom, cannot flower in the gloom and shade of postponement to some dome, like the Astro Dome, the Superdome, any dome I desire, where it be the privilege of light and blood of water, because what's going to be bleeding out of there, baby, is money, a hemorrhage of cash. And so yeah. that is only thing that's gonna come out of it, baby, is money. Yeah, oh, he does mm-hmm. such a good job. Mm-hmm. Like he'd be cool to hang out with for like about a month, and then I'd be like, I'm done with your fucking long ass nah, explanation. Nah, give me shit. ten minutes because after ten minutes, he's gonna have his hooks in you because he's gonna be sizing you up and seeing yeah. what he can use you for. Yeah, you know. And after that, if he can't use you for nothing, he's gonna discard you anyway. Oh yeah, he's just you know. He's a he's a ah, parasite, you know. He's a leech. He's a leech. He's gonna suck, suck as much money out of you as he can, as history has proven. It's money, baby. It's, <laughs> it's all he gives a shit about. That felt really Bootsy Collins, right? There. It's Bootsy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, but McKelty Williamson, uh, you did a hell of a job in this, as you always do. Oh, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Got some more projects coming out. Something called Emperor. It's new groove. And <laughs> no, this is a movie. Uh, and he's got a new series called uh, Two Degrees, which Jeez. he's filming right now. Okay. All right. So another person that I believe we've talked about before, I don't remember on which movie, but Mr. Jeffrey Wright. Damn, this dude can act. Who is he? He's uh, Howard. I don't, He's 50 don't grand that, for just driving and jiving. Him. Have we not talked about him? I was wondering about that. Uh, we haven't I've done Shaft wanted, yet, right? Nope. And we haven't done Hunger Games. We haven't done Hunger Games. Probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I'm You're just, not. I'm you just wanna, teasing do you. Do you want to know? I know how I much you on, love that. I we will do on, Hunger Games after Harry Potter. I went on. So he plays Howard. A podcast a couple weeks ago. Without me? Yeah, you were, yeah. My friends, Daniel, Danny versus Jess uh-huh. podcast had me on there. We were just doing some chit-chat. And they ad- asked me a question, like, what movie do you want to do that you think that Jason would not allow you to do on the show? Was one of the questions. Sex in the City. I didn't even say that. You I, said Hunger Games? I said Hunger Games. I was like, I really want to do Hunger Games, but I don't think he's going to let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no nah, I don't got anything against Hunger Games I fucking if you said Twilight <laughs> I don't want to do Twilight there you go so, so good <laughs> I don't think we've had him on here but no, we should have and we should have he's a hell of an actor Jeffrey Wright plays Howard Bingham he is the photographer mm-hmm. uh, for Muhammad Ali and you will recognize him like you said from Hunger Games part 1, 2, and 3 from Casino Royale oh he's in part 2 yeah from Shaft, like you said, he's uh, Peoples Hernandez. You better sleep with a vest on me. You best kill me too, Chain. He was crazy, man. Dude, he man. was bad, though. He was just he was stabbing bad. himself. And... He did a hell of a job, yeah. and he was skinny back That's then, That's like too. the first thing I remember him in. Mm-hmm. Shaft. Yeah. Uh, I love this dude. I always enjoy seeing him. He also played Colin, pa- uh, Colin Powell in W. I can see that. <laughs> uh, but I like him as Felix in uh, Casino Royale. And I what think he comes he? back. He is a CIA operative. No, so like, what is call- his race? Oh, I don't Because know. he can le- legitly play anything. Black and Cuban or whatever. Let's Latin. find out. Let's see. He is... Because I'm pretty sure he played Muhammad... Not Muhammad. Ma- Martin Luther King in something as well. And I was like, damn, Gina, how y'all get him to fucking make this work? I don't know what he is, but he looks amazing. I'm not sure. It doesn't, I haven't. Uh, He's like, bitch, don't worry about what the fuck I am. Yeah, as they say in <laughs> casting, he is ethnically ambiguous. I, that's what I want to be. <laughs> I mean, technically I'm ethnically ambiguous, but it's a different type of ethnically ambiguous. I'm just you know. black. Whereas he can play Cuban, he can play Dominican, he can play black, he can play African, you know, whereas I can play European, I can play Native American, I can play Italian, I can play Mexican. He's just amazing. Yeah. Jeffrey Wright killed it. And he's got that speech impediment in this one too, which is really, really interesting to 
watch because it only comes out at certain points in time. He doesn't always do it. I mean, I love his character because he's not just a photographer. He's mm-hmm. also a homie who is looking out for the champ. Absolutely. Like where they're sitting there and they're watching TV and he's like. Oh, I, I saw Bondini when I, when I was in New York. Yeah, how is he? He's bad. He's bad shape, man. You, you better get your belt back. Because yeah. You better go get your belt while you can go get your belt. Yeah, dude. And that's a good friend. And Ali just looks at him like. I sold okay. your belt, champ. Oh, I got a crazy mind. I can get the belt oh. back. I can get it back. Why are you doing it to yourself? Why are you shaming yourself? You We're going to get there. Yourself? We're going to get there. We're going to well, get there. Well, Harry, let's get there because that's a good one. That's a damn good one. So, Jeffrey Wright, we always love seeing you keep doing you because you are a fantastically talented actor and you're only 54 years old. So keep on keeping on. And I will try to get Jason to let me do Hunger Games. I'm okay with doing Hunger Games. <laughs> After, after. So, it is time to talk about the ladies of Muhammad Ali's life. Hey, ladies! (laughs) Starting with none other than the lady of his real life, Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh, yeah, she did. (sighs) She's my favorite out of his wives, though. Give me a minute. We already talked about her, too. Mm, mm. Oh, yeah, we did. I told you we talked about a lot of people. That was two years ago. Damn near. Well, bitch, I'm just telling you (laughs) that we've talked about it. She was like her second episode. I ain't going to beat too many bitches now, yeah? Bitch. (laughs) You get the fuck out, you blind blind motherfucker. (laughs) Wow, fat bitch. Forced the point. (laughs) Yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I got something in my eye. Get the the fuck out your eye. Okay. So Jada Pinkett Smith. She does a fantastic job. Oh, yes, yeah, she does. What's her name in this? I didn't write her down. Oh, shit. You want to know why? Why? Because we already talked about this, bitch. So? She's married to the man that I love. So, like, I have a little, like, bitter taste. About I was going to say, is that. You got some resentment there? Just a little bit. Sanji, Sanji, Sanji. But she did. Sanji, that's right. Mm-hmm. She does a great job. Mm-hmm. She's cute. And out of all of the wives we see in this movie, she's great. She's the one that I'd be the most like. Like, I love you. I'm submissive to you. I'm fine running around here in these cute short things for you. I am submissive to you. I love that scene, dude. What they asking you? Okay, and they ask me a bunch of questions all the time anyway. What questions? About you and me, and I, I ain't, ain't telling them shit. Yeah. You tell it like it is, sugar. Tell them like it is, sugar. <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, Jamie she's Fox talking. is just. <laughs> Papa Clay, you cracked me, crack me up. I think you're drunk. I think you're drunk. <laughs> I think he was. I think what they were both about? drunk. I, I ain't had, uh, that's, that's a 10 right there. I've had, I had uh, a 10. Tea, well, I ain't have a 10. I had five. Five good twos. <laughs> five good twos. <laughs> so. Oh my God. That's true. Just the runoffs from, from Ali, he gets five good twos. Five good twos. As close as he gets to a 10. So I don't know. Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx, no, he. Oh, Jamie Foxx, all day, every day. I mean, no, I'm sure he's a loyal man. But oh yeah, Jada, Sanji, dude, she absolutely kills it. She does absolutely. And uh, from what I hear, you know, I mean, she's a neighborhood girl. She grew up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she was man. I think she was uh, a little more uh, vocal than the trainers wanted her to be 
when in pre-production when Will was getting ready for this. And so she was watching some of the training uh, sessions and things. I heard that they kicked her out. Because she was hooting and hollering too much? Uh-huh. That'd be me. Saying, <laughs> she was uh, putting her two cents in and uh, they were like, you got to let us train him. He's not going to get there with what you're telling him. Okay. See, I would Now, this is hearsay. Now, I would not be yelling things for him to do. I would just be catcalling. They kick me out because I'm catcalling too much. And mm. like, Ooh, yeah, bend over and get that right there. <laughs> yes, baby. You look at all sweaty. Just lick that sweat off of you. No, I think she was being a bit of a harsh critic. Yeah. No, know? see, I might. But my... I mean, if you're portraying Muhammad Ali, you know. It also does. So you enjoyed your research this week is what I you're telling did. me. I watched this movie on repeats so many times. <laughs> but it does remind me of Low Down Dirty Shame. I was going to say that. Oh, Peaches. in Peaches. Peaches, sexy ass. And her and Shame have a nice. I see something that has grown since high school or whatever. <laughs> Dude, tell me she don't arch her back when she's walking down those steps. You know that's what girls supposed to do. Sexy thing. We know when we supposed to like. All right, Shame. pop it, pop it. But they do have a nice argument over Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. That's right. Wait, Mike Tyson can't, can't spell, spell Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ali. <laughs> Muhammad Ali can't spell Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Where she is not a Muhammad Ali fan, she is. She's a, a Mike Tyson, Tyson fan. That's right. It's old versus new. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the battle that they were talking about. And then who would have known that a decade later she would have portrayed Muhammad Ali's first wife with her first husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> first, you trying to say that they they gonna last? No, girl. It's just because I haven't met Will Smith in person yet. Okay, she'll find <laughs> someone new. It's fine. We'll have a nice blended family. Me and her will be friends. I'll be on a red table talk. It'll be nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got on Jada. Oh my God. My girl is killing it. She's got a whole lot of things that she's going to be doing. She is currently filming King Richard. No, I'm sorry. Uh, she is exec producing King Richard. She is filming Matrix 4 right now. <gasps> Four. Oh, yes, she did. Oh, yes, she did. Something I kind of want to see that uh, has a very interesting title is uh, Uptown Saturday Night, which is in script form right now. Like the remake? It's a remake? Is, no. Of Uptown Saturday Night. Is that a thing already? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, shit, I didn't it's know about the 70s. It. I did not know about that. But take your fine... Five foot nothing ass, uh, and we will see you soon. They're so cute. That's right. God damn it, Jada. Speaking you of- get everything. <laughs> Give me my man. Okay. She's super cute. Speaking of super cute, Miss Nona Gay. Oh, super cute. Yes, plays Muhammad Ali's second wife. She is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Very talented. Very, very talented. She played a good wife. Mm-hmm. None other than the daughter of R&B legend, Mr. Marvin Gaye. What? Yeah. What? You didn't know? No. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So, Nona Gaye. Well, um, apparently, you just mind broke my mind. 
right? Marvin Gaye's fucking daughter. You're welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was destined to be great because she's not only Marvin Gaye's daughter, she is the granddaughter of a Cuban jazz great uh, Slim Gillard, I think is how you say his name. They call me Cuban And of course, niece to Frankie Gay. When I play the maracas, I go chick, chicky, boom, chick, chicky, boom. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so being that she is the daughter of Marvin Gaye, she does have a singing career as well. Oh, yes, uh, she does. But she has a famous quote saying that acting is all hers. Yeah. No. She ain't got to share that with fucking... No, that's just her, yeah. which I greatly respect. And I thought she did a great, great job. She does. You know? She, I love her telling the story about mm-hmm. how they how first they met, met when they're in the what is it a pastry shop or something like that? No, she's talking about he came to her school and mm-hmm. she was doing a paper. You came to my school. You call me little Indian girl. Yeah, right, because I had my hair in the two you braids. Had a long braid. And then I said, "Man, you scribble. <laughs> you can't even write." Yeah, Belinda Ali. She does a great job. Yep, mm-hmm. she was a good wife. She had his babies and did what she needed to do. Yeah. She was also, uh, right after this, she did a music video. Mm-hmm. Luther Vandross. I was wanting to know what video, but I was oh, correct. Oh, it's uh, Dance With My, with my Father. Father. I mm-hmm. was correct before Love I even said song. it. Mm-hmm. Love that song. Love that song. She also plays, uh, she's also in The Matrix. She with is. Jada. Mm-hmm. She plays Z. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, and uh, after she me, has talents as a writer for the Lincoln Lawyer with uh, my dude Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Long before he was driving Lincolns, oh. or maybe he was driving Lincolns and rolling up a booger in his finger. <laughs> he just, you know, before they paid me, I just like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't like those commercials, but I do like the commercials. I love those them. commercials. <laughs> Oh, the best. Uh, I do feel like her character, the reason she's the, why she... I think she's the strongest of the three. As long... In uh, in terms of character. Yes. She... But she does the unwritten rule. What's that? She didn't believe in him. I think, at least in the movie uh-huh. context of this, not in real life. Yeah, in real life. Her she... saying that, you know... What if he kills you? Like, yeah. If, what are we? What if do? you get killed? Yeah. And can't do that. He didn't want to hear that. Hell, you no. don't want to hear what. You if. can't tell a fighter, a champion, even especially a legendary champion like Muhammad Ali, what if you lose? My thing is, yes, that's not a good time because he's in that mind frame of I need to win. I am going to win. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. But always, no matter what anybody else thinks. On downtime, like as soon as he signed up for this, like, all right, it's going down. We go into Africa on this day that on October, we there, we doing this, it's happening. Mm-hmm. That's when I would have been like, okay, so if you die, what happens? Because mm. that is always an option a that could happen. It could possibly that could fucking happen is that you die. He hits you. He hits hard. What if he hits you in the head, just in the right fucking spot, and it lights out? It's over. What are me and the kids supposed to do? But the week or month or when we in Africa getting ready for this shit, that is not the time to ask those questions. No. 
those just should have been previous questions mm -hmm. and her asking that you see in his eyes he's like oh so you don't believe i'm gonna win yeah so what's the use of even having you around yeah that may have been the moment in the movie where in he the movie. fell out of love with her yeah possibly that's how i always felt mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden here comes michael michelle with her cocoa skin and her green eyes saying Ali she is really beautiful she's gorgeous I mean, yes, the actress Selena is gorgeous, <laughs> but like the real but her is gorgeous. The real gorgeous. Veronica Porsche is also gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we have talked about her before, like you said, in New, New Jack, Jack City. Yeah. But she was super, super young. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> trying to get sexy over here. Well, hello, somebody. But we did talk about her. We, we did, did a lot of talk about her, but yeah. We're going to talk about her again when we do uh, The Sixth Man one of these days. <laughs> okay. She plays R.C. St. John. Okay. Bro, Marlon Wayne's his ass. <laughs> Sean and Marlon. Uh -huh. uh, she's also in How to Lose a, t a Guy in 10 Days. She plays a bit of a bitch in that one. Oh, that's right. She works for the, the, the Delauer mm -hmm. account. She's trying to snag that Delauer account. I mean, she, wanted, she was trying to do it. I ain't mm -hmm. mad at her. And uh, she was just recently on Dynasty. On the so, show? Yeah, the show Dynasty. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she's still doing her thing. Get it, my girl. Plays a character named Dominique Devereaux. You beautiful, beautiful, beautiful lady. Why does that name sound familiar? Dominique Devereaux. I don't know. But uh, like you said, we got a lot of people and we're not uh, going to linger. Let's keep on trucking. <laughs> Gotta keep on pushing. Uh, uh, so, Michael Michelle, you're fantastic. We love you. You did a great job. Uh, you were only in this one for a little bit because she comes in towards the end of the movie. She do. Um, but Lord, don't she come in. Yep. Uh, so we're going to talk about Papa Clay. <laughs> Cassius Clay Sr. Yes. <laughs> I love this dude. Mm -hmm. He is so fucking good. And he's another one of those guys that can play multiracial. He can. So uh, I'm not quite sure how to say his name, but I think it's Giancarlo Esposito. Nailed it. Jason fades back. I don't know if you Whack. nailed it for real, but it sounded good. Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo uh, Esposito. So uh, he can play Hispanic like yes. he does in Breaking Bad. Yes. <laughs> That's why I think that he's like the fucking best. Chicken like, man. What do they call him? He's Gus. Gus. Well, I mean, he runs the chicken yeah, the spot. The chicken spot, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he goes out in a fucking awesome ass way. I don't know what he is either, but he's ambiguous. He is ethnically ambiguous. Uh, but let me see here. He was born in Copenhagen, Denmark, to an Italian carpenter uh, and an African-American opera singer. So he's half Italian, half African-American. Copenhagen. I've been wanting to go there for yeah. some time now, too. And his mother is from Alabama. <laughs> How'd she end up out there? Oh, she's an opera singer. Oh, that's true. This tour in the world. Been all over the world. Opera singing. <laughs> okay. He does a fucking fantastic job, even mm -hmm. though he is only 10 years older than... 
Will Smith. He's only 10 years older? Damn. Well, they young, they could young him, uh, old him up and young uh, Will down. That's probably why they shave him clean and stuff. Well, because Ali was shaving clean. Yeah. But he looks younger in the beginning where you show him in like young, young Ali. Uh-huh. Uh, he's also in a few shows that I really enjoy. One of them got canceled earlier than it should have. Oh. Um, did you ever watch, oh, what the hell was it called? It was that sci-fi show. I think it was like Afterworld or whatever the hell it was called. Okay. Uh, he plays the general of, it's almost like a... Um, Civil War situation. You've got the rebels and you've got the organized North. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Um, and he plays the general. He's also in Better Call Saul. He's done. Uh, well, yeah, he's the magic he's mirror the... in Once Upon a Time. Oh. So every time the Wicked Witch. Yeah. Goes on. Oh, you that. know what I really like him in? The Get Down. Oh, okay. That's the Ramon. That's right. I'm beating you. Because I love you. He also, uh, he revolution. That's what it was called. He played one of Malcolm X's assassins in Malcolm X in 1992. Oh yeah. And then he goes on to play Ali's dad in this one. Yeah. Damn. So he's stay connected to this. He time works, period. my man. He does works. stay working. Yeah. And he's still playing Gus in Better Call Saul. Yeah. Every once in a while, they bring him back. Yeah, because that's in the that's like a prequel. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And he's got a couple of uh, roles that he's doing right now. One of them is called The Five Bloods, or excuse me, Duh. Five Bloods. The Five Bloods. The Five Bloods. Actually, I'm not going to make any speculations. We'll just see what it is. You know what? Let's and he's just... got a couple of... Uh, he's got a TV series called Perdition coming out soon. Okay. And a movie called Burn. Burn, baby, burn. Disco, Disco Inferno. Burn, baby, burn. So, Giancarlo, we always appreciate you. And I like the way my dude dresses. He does you know, dress really a, good. He's a classic man. He's you know a classic man. <laughs> Call me OG and the young OG. I'm Speaking a of classic, classic man, Mr. Malcolm X. Oh. Played by none other than the great Mario Van Peebles, who obviously we have talked about before. Yes, we have. Mm-hmm. Another one of our already hitter quitters. Dude, this isn't even one of those Mario fades back. He just straight up. Slam dunks that shit. I, I mean, love you, his portrayal of Malcolm X. I kind of like it more than I like Denzel's. Yeah. But Denzel's like real, he's hard. Uh huh. But Mario is more like a softer, like realer Malcolm X. He's more, um, you might say laser focused. Yeah. You know? But damn, is he good in this, dude. Damn, Especially when he's uh, looking out the window. Like, you know what it is? It's the undertone that he has in everything that he does. In this movie, or in this in movie, I've, that's because it's what he's not saying that is translating on the screen so well. I feel like it's because he continues to have that underline of "I'm gonna die soon," mm. that urgency of "I'm gonna die soon," even though he's not saying it, and the real Malcolm X probably did not think that all the time. Mm-hmm. But Mario has that feeling of like. 
I'm going to die. Like, there's going to be a point where I'm gone. Somebody's going to want to take me out. Take me out. You think so? That's how I feel like how he played it. It's a nice tone to it. It's almost like he knows he's running out of time. He knows he's running out of time. And we've talked about this in other movies where, like, the outsiders, you remember? Mm -hmm. And we were talking about, I don't remember who we were talking about. Who did it? But they were like, oh, you know, he asked them about how my character ends up. Oh, yeah, he's going to go off to war and he's going to die. Every way that he played it from then on, you got to have that tone of like, I have to live for today because I'm going to die. Like, even though it's not something that's ever said or like indicated in, it's the way the actor feels that you can feel it. Gotcha. And that's how I feel like Mario did. Is that like he always knew that he was running out of time? I'm running out of time. I only okay. have this much time to go. Will you go to Africa with me? No, all oh, that sucks. And then when he sees him in Africa, he's like, "Oh, you should do this. You could do that." You know, he's taking that time to take that moment. Oh, look, we got you know these people are with us. This and that, and you need to do that. And the fucking scene where he's sitting there laser focus and then all of a sudden it switches in his head that like shouldn't have quarreled with Elijah Muhammad hey brother brother Muhammad look here that scene says so much because that is the last time that they see each other at least in the movie and it's just like you shouldn't have quarreled with the honorable Elijah Muhammad yeah and he's like wait what I thought you were asking me tour spots to fucking go I always hated that scene I think it's weird because it kind of feels like he's brainwashed. He is. So. And it isolates Malcolm X even more. Yeah. Because you see them in the apartment before um, they um, give Cassius Clay his name. Yeah. You know, and they're as thick as thieves. You know, they're tight, they're friends, they're comrades, they're, you know, uh, I'm, I mean, they portray it as Malcolm X is the one who brought Cassius Clay into the Nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they're talking, and Cassius is all about it. Like, uh, he is joking around, and he's lax, and he just won the title and everything, and Malcolm has, he's looking out the window, and he's got things on his mind. Uh, and he is going to Africa and he is inviting Cassius to go, but he's talking about what's going on on the TV and stuff. And he's like, well, what'd you say? Where? He's like, Africa. You ever been? Africa? All right, man, let's go. You know, he's all about it immediately. It's not about where we're going. It's like, we're We're going. going. Yeah. You know? And then all of a sudden, you know, he gets the phone call from Leon's. Leon's ass. Leon. We're talking about Leon again. Leon, Leon Robinson. Leon Robinson. <laughs> Future Mrs. Robinson sitting next to me. Hey. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, I am. Uh-huh. Says uh, Cassius X has been given the name of Muhammad Ali, and he will not be traveling to Africa with you. He also said to say that your suspension will be extended indefinitely. Click. Exactly. Oh, we're done. They are straight up cutting off his lifelines, which is fucked up. It is fucked up. It's fucked up. And that's why they play him more sympathetic than most characters, uh-huh. people portraying him. Yeah. And maybe that's why I like his portrayal, that he does a great job. I love his portrayal. I think that he has 
a wonderful, empathetic heart, you know, and all he wants is to do right and he wants to stand up. And even though he isn't a passive activist, he still has his hands tied behind his back to a certain degree. I mean, what does he say? If a man puts his hands on you? If anyone puts their hand on you, Brother, you do your best to see they don't put their hand on anybody else. Again. Again. And he's looking right at him. And you're just like, he... That shit. Oh, it hits you. He does a great job. And that's why I like, you know, him... Like the scene where they're driving down the street and he... Ali almost fucking hits the dude running Yeah, brother, is you crazy? They shot him. They, they shot, shot Malcolm. Malcolm. The oh shop Malcolm, he's just screaming and running down the street. You you sink. Yeah. You just sink right in. He's like, I gotta turn the radio on. And then um, it's like, hell no, I need confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Mario Van Peebles turned in a brilliant performance. Yeah. As he always does. Always. He's uh he's acting again. He's got a movie in post production called Seized. Plays okay. a character named uh, Mamo. I don't know what it's about, but okay. I wish him the best. He's got three projects that are in pre-production where he is uh, the director as well as uh, one of them he's acting in, one of them he's the writer, one of them he's just directing. Mm, so the first one is called Outlaw Posse. Oh, Lord. Hey, I always love those. <laughs> the other one is called Dion. I'm not sure what that's all about, but it might about be. Dion Sanders. You that's, don't know? Is it really? That's oh, what I was I, thinking. I have no clue. I hope so. I have no clue. Or Dion Warwick. I don't know. I'm hoping Dion Sanders. Shit. I mean, I'll take baseball and football. Let's get it. I mean, yeah. But and Dion the last Warwick. Called, the last one is called <laughs> Alpha Project. And he, that one, he is the writer, the uh, director. Say. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we got one more uh, white man to talk about. But he is an advocate in this one. Okay. Even though it doesn't always appear that way. I got fun facts. <laughs> Mr. John Voigt. Yes. Plays Howard Cosell. And damn, does he do a good job. He does. He looks like him. He sounds like him. Mm-hmm. He was always wanted for this role. There really? There was no one else they wanted. There was nobody else they wanted? Yeah. Nice. So John Voigt has... John Voigt killed it in this role. He did such a good job. You can see what side he's playing. Mm-hmm. And they they play off of each other so well. They do this little like song and dance when the cameras are rolling. Yeah. But in reality, when the cameras are off, they are good friends. Yeah. You know? and that's, How you get that, that way? Without me, you'd just be a man with a microphone in a mouth. And he's like, without me, you'd be a tall white man with a microphone in his mouth. And without me, you'd be a mouth. They take their little jabs at each other, dude. I if I was Howard, I'd be like thinking of shit in the showers and I'd be like, okay, you better remember that next time you see Ali. Yeah, you gotta gotta be be ready with those comebacks. He's gonna be coming for you. (laughs) Be ready. That's coming up next. Next I'm fighting Howard Cosell. (laughs) (laughs) He did a great job. Um This is the second movie with him and Will Smith. What's the first one? Enemy of the State. Oh, yeah. I always think of Gene Hackman over John Voight in that. But John yeah. Voight's the 
John Voight the is bad the guy. bad guy, yeah. He's the bad guy. Well, because they work right next to each other more than yeah. John Voight does. I don't even think, do they have any scenes together in that? They might have the like end. one or two at the end. Either way, yeah. John Voight's the bad guy in that movie. Yeah. John Voight is also. You have something they want. I don't have anything. Maybe you do and don't know it. Yeah, so this is their <laughs> second movie together. Okay. This time they're more friendly and have more screen time together. Yes, absolutely. But John Voight is Angelina Jolie's dad. Pappy. <laughs> Out of Pappy. Out of Pappy. <laughs> and uh, he did some really cool stuff during this what movie. What do you do? So you know the opening scene where they're doing the weigh-in? Yeah. He goes in there and he's doing the weigh-in. Well, that ran really late into the early morning of for filming that scene. Okay. Apparently. So John Voight took it upon himself to call Extra's family members to let them know that they weren't out there getting drunk at the bar or out chasing women. And okay. so some people woke up to voicemail and like, Hi, Hi, this, this is, is John Voight. <laughs> your husband's not out at the bar drinking your money away or out chasing chicks. He's still on set with me. So I thought that would be fucking That's cool. cool. If you thought like Smashy's running late and so John Voight leaves a message on your phone. As long as it's not Ryan Reynolds, I'm good. If it was Ryan Reynolds. I'm going to be like, babe. What the actual fuck? You'd only see her once when she came to get her stuff. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no. She wow. out. But I would love a, a voicemail. Right? I would. If I got a voicemail from John Voight, I would uh, kind of hope that it was in the voice of Kilmer. Bud Kilmer. From Varsity Blues. You are the damn dumbest smart kid I know. Makes me wonder if you know the difference between a sneeze and a wet fart. You're going to be slacking string all your life, boy. He was the worst. He was the worst. He was the worst. But he was the best. I'm saying I want him. I guess it's the same voice, actually. What's that? I was going to say, like, the urban cowboy himself. Is that what it's called? No way. Is that what it's Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. The Midnight Cowboy himself. Okay. Yep. But Absolutely. it's pretty much that same ass character? character. I don't know. It's still just like country ass. To a degree. But one's a young dude and one's an old dude. Yeah. That and uh, when he's in uh, Disney's Holes with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, with that hideous uh-huh. wig. Punishment and reward. You know I'll go out for a bad... Slap the shit out of him with that snake venom, leaves a big old scratch across his face. I'll go after <laughs> you if you got a bad wig, and then he had a bad wig in that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was a great movie. <laughs> Still holds up. Howard Cosell is fantastic. John Voight is fantastic. Always has been. He's got a new movie that's in post-production right now. He always stays working. Roe versus Wade. He plays Justice Berger. I don't know what that's all about. But I'm very interested to see when it comes out. That's some shit right That's some real shit. (laughs) Okay, so so I'm excited. That's coming out like... I'll tell you, Roe versus Wade. I'll even give you like the Supreme Court thing. Oh, I don't need all that. Go. Well, it's... um, It protects 
pregnant women's liberties. There we go. Words. There we go. Thank you. You know, so that's a very has always been a very serious topic in every political race. So here we go. We get now. to see, we get to hear about the case that put it on the Roe map. Versus Wade, exactly. So it is what. Um, I hope he's a bad guy. He plays good bad guys. I'd rather him be a bad guy than a good guy. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. just so it's about uh, whether or not uh, a woman has the right to have an abortion. And I think we do. I believe you do too. But that's just one woman's vagina. Let's talk about uh, Willie. Willie Beeman. <laughs> the other <laughs> Willie in this movie. <laughs> well, we've already talked about Jamie Foxx in Dream Girls. Another one we already got done, one and done. Yes. And uh, but damn, is he good, man. <laughs> he puts on weight. He gives himself a little, little patch in his head. Ass. Dude. Now, his wig, on point. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Loved it. <laughs> it was so good. Is that a wig? Or did he just, like, cut a patch out of his head? I feel like it's a wig because Jamie cuts his hair all the fucking time. He goes bald okay. on the wreck. I mean, as we speak, he has tattoos on the side of his head that you only see when he shaves his head. Okay. So, like, it wouldn't be unreasonable to think that he would just, like, oh, you need me to shave my head, and then and then you put this weird toupee wig on him. Uh-huh. Where it's, like, a little uh-huh. see-through so you can see his bald. Don't worry bald. about it. You done lost all yours already, you mother... <laughs> 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 so he is your uh, your motivator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to be your inspiration, mm. your motivator mm. in your corner. In your corner. Can I be in your corner, young man? Uh, no, no. <laughs> you were drunk. Why are you shaming yourself? Slaps the Ooh. shit out of him. Why are you shaming yourself? <coughs> Ain't nobody shaved. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm flying. The sky chief talked through me. I know the word. You know, low. I love Ain't nobody shamed. I I'm flying. I love that the harsh lighting of making him look very white, ashy, and mm-hmm. just like put on the spot. It's kind of like having like a cop with the spotlight being like, where were you on this day? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. He's like, where yeah. the fuck's my belt? Yeah. Where my belt at? Dude. What'd you do? Those, those blinds? What is that? It's daylight. daylight. <laughs> Give him that short dog. Give it to me. Just throws it and hit the wall. Immediately, as soon as he's awake, give me that alcohol. You know, let me numb this pain. Sold his belt. Mm-hmm. That's why he told him. He's like, man, you... I sold your belt, Chad. I sold it for $500. That's I a lot of money right then. Put it in my arm. I'm sorry. I got a crazy mind. Dude. It's God strange, don't man. care about you. I love his monologue, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Your rhymes is getting old. You come up with better rhymes. Take me back, boss. I'm not gonna take you back. No. Yeah, he is. I'm clean. Yeah, he's gonna take him back. Gotta do it, man. Gotta do it. You can't just throw him out there. And he has such great lines in this constantly. I like when he's getting under uh, Angelo's Dundee's skin when he's trying to motivate him. Meanwhile, Angie's trying to give him directions. He's like, "Hey, shut up! Shut up! Let me just talk to him for a minute." And he don't shut up. Stay off the rope. You gotta keep dancing, boy. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep dancing, champ. Favorite line of Boondini in the whole movie. You know what it is. What is it? Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. 
He understands me. He understands me and he still allows me to hang with him. He knows that I like pork and white women, but he still allows me to be here with him. Now, I can give up pork, but them white women, God damn it. How you deal with it, boy? How you, How you deal with it, boy? How you deal with it, boy? Favorite. Favorite line oh, since day one God. of you watching this movie on December 25th. 2001 i love that line instantly like i walked out of the theater going like was that not a funny line so yeah most, most times that's it. it's too funny i had another one in my head but as soon as don't matter you looked at me i was like oh it's gone don't matter that's his best line in the movie for sure <laughs> so he's doing another boxing movie soon he boxing yes he is oh yes he is yes he that is. that means shirtless sweaty Muscly uh-huh. Jamie Foxx uh-huh. doing Creed 3. Nope. Okay. This is a character that he portrayed many, many years ago. Uh huh. That he's now doing the biopic of. Mike motherfucking Tyson. Certainly. Yeah. Okay. So Jamie Foxx will be playing Mike Tyson in the biopic. Yeah, get it going before he gets old. Yeah. Dude, I mean, Jamie's always, you know, been in good shape. No, but you know? just... Unless he's older. doing a character, he doesn't get out of shape to a no, certain I degree. I, I'm not talking about body-wise. Yeah. I'm talking about just old. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Just getting older. Yeah, I hope that they don't wait too long because, yeah, they'll have to CGI him. And I, I, I don't really like when they try to young somebody up that way. Not too much. No. And when you do that, you can't move too much. And he's playing the boxer. He's going to be moving. Black don't crack. Black don't crack. But my dude. Especially when How you got old money. is Jamie Foxx now? He is 50. 43. You wish. I know. I wish. He's 52. So that is uh, one of his newer projects that is in development right now. Unfortunately, it's development non- unknown. But he's got many, many projects. He's got three films in Post-production right now. Soul, Untitled, Henry and Rail sci-fi project. All-Star Weekend, where he plays a character named Malik slash Xavier, which oh, he yeah. is directing. Wait, did that already come out? No, it's in post-production right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he's got many, many, nine projects in development right now. My dude stays working as Always he working. should. Amazing. He multi-talented. Amazing. Gorgeous. We've already talked about him. Go back to our Dream Girls episode because that's one of my favorite episodes anyway. So just go mm. back and listen to that anyway. Fine ass Jamie Foxx. Keeps the ladies. <laughs> really beaming. <laughs> Why haven't we done this movie? I don't know. We haven't done a football month yet, but we just did Remember the Titans. And I told you that out of all sports, football movies are probably my favorite like sports movies. I'm a basketball fan forever but i love all sports movies dude i love them all too they're all football usually the ones i love from the mighty ducks to cool runnings to remember the titans i even love those running movies you just you just naming movies we just did in the past four weeks for sure (laughs) shit you know all those great sports movies like i mean those are the ones that come off the top of my head (laughs) but what you want to talk about then um, Good, because we only Will have one Smith. character left. <laughs> the one person I'm here for, everybody else, we could have not said anything about anybody else. 
Except Jamie Foxx. Let's talk about <laughs> um, two-time Oscar-nominated Willard Carroll Smith the Jr. <laughs> Will Smith was born in West Philadelphia, born and raised on, on the, the playground in West Mambo's by the September 25th, 1968. Yes. Damn, Gina. Same age as, well, uh, he's a few months younger than uh, Jamie Foxx. Mr. Fox. Oh, yes, he is. American actor, comedian, producer, rapper, and songwriter. And first rap performance Grammy winner ever. Parents history making. You like that black history? So to you all the kids all across the round, there's no well, need to argue. Parents, parents just, just don't, don't understand. understand. <laughs> well, Will Smith, when it comes to this movie, he turned it down. He didn't want to do it. He was like, nah, I don't want to do this movie. This is not for me. Really? Okay. I don't want to have that pressure. That's I don't think I'll do that good. Portray Muhammad Ali. I don't know what his reasoning was, but he was like, I don't want to do it. Until he got a phone call from the Muhammad himself. Ali saying, <laughs> he said he had to do it because he was the only one as good looking as Ali to play him. That's awesome. Because he's so good looking. <laughs> he's so pretty. And this is true. Will Smith is gorgeous. And as a huge Will Smith fan, I don't know if you can tell, um, <laughs> this is one movie of his that I really love, but not because Will Smith's in it. It's because I forget Will Smith's in it. Mm, okay. And it just shows off his talent. Like, I see Will Smith glimpse in here, sure. but when I watch this movie, it's all late to me. Yeah. I can see that. Don't get me wrong. Will Smith turned in a great performance. Um, and this is one of the few movies where he is portraying a person from history. Mm-hmm. His first time, not his last. He's playing a character rather than a version of Will Smith, you might say. Yeah. You know? It's like when he is Mike Lowry, that's kind of a version of Will Smith. They're not the same person. They're not the same person. I think they are. Mike Lowry. Lowry. <laughs> I think they are closer than we think. So he has Ali's mannerisms. He is portraying his voice. He's portraying his movements in the ring, uh, his point of view, all kinds of stuff. And he delivers a solid performance. If I'm not mistaken, he was nominated for this movie. He sure was. Yeah. That's my next fun fact. Mm -hmm. So he was nominated for an Oscar in 2002 for this movie Mm -hmm. for Best Actor, but he lost. To who? To Denzel Washington Okay. for Training Day. Sure. So that was the 74th annual... Academy Awards. Well, we did say that he was nominated two times. He was also nominated for Pursuit of Happiness. Which he did play another person in history. Another person in history. And damn, if that wasn't a brilliant performance, too. That? Ugh. I could have did that one this year. That's a damn, damn But it will get done, because I love that one as well. And I love that one. Then he goes on to play another real person in Concussion. Yep. So, so this Three so far of real. Mm-hmm. Hasn't won one yet, but you know. Leo took a while too. Paul Newman took a while. I feel like they're just gonna give him a, he's gonna be old and they're gonna give him one for a performance that we're like, eh. 
And sure. they'd be like, he's we a, need to give Will Smith y'all one. Y'all need to give him one already. He needs to get one. This is his last time he's ever going to be kind of nominated. We need to give him this one. <laughs> I feel like that's going to end up happening to him. But I hope not. I, I hope, hope he not does one where it's just a brilliant performance, like I Am Legend and stuff. Like every performance this guy puts out. Suicide Squad would suck even more if it wasn't for how awesome he was. He was awesome. The movie just kind of sucked. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Hey, but the soundtrack was awesome. Soundtrack was good. Soundtrack was awesome. Had, had nothing to do with him. None of his songs were on there. <laughs> they should have. And you know what song I would have put it on there? Which one? Getting Jiggy With It. Na, 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 na. Okay. Na, 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 na. Getting Jiggy With It. You want to know why? Why? Because in that two, 1997 song, uh-huh. there's a line in it that says, I met Ali. He told me I'm the greatest. I got the and fever. Flavor for crowd pleaser. <laughs> yep. Wait, you're talking about in this movie? You can't do that. It's a different time. I know. They could have added Getting Jiggy With It because it's just a great fucking song. Yeah, for sure. And but he all... does mention Ali in it, and I thought that was a cool connection. Prior to him making this movie, mm-hmm. he was already saying, Ali thinks I'm the greatest. <laughs> Which Ali does think that he's the greatest. Well, I might as well turn off my mic because we're talking about Will Smith right now. <laughs> I was very generous, and I feel like I should be applauded for thinking about you guys because I did not write as many facts as I could have. And I'm not even going to say as many as are already in my fucking brain from a lifetime of knowledge. Mm-hmm. But I am going to say some of them. Okay. So the real Ali said that when he saw this movie and saw Will Smith's portrayal of him, mm-hmm. like it scared him how good it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like, you know, having that weird feeling of having somebody portray you or having to think of those memories again yeah reliving those memories is possibly a thing but either way he was he had a heavy hand in the making of this movie so i do believe that a lot of things are quite accurate yeah and that's a credit to will smith as well as michael mann being able to portray this accurately Mm -hmm. and collaborate with each other and work alongside each other so that the truth of history gets portrayed as best as possible rather than somebody's singular point of view. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you that's always the struggle when you're doing something based off of real life. It's not about you in this particular situation. Like you know how I'm always saying that you can't have too many fingers in the pie. It should be that the director has final say in this particular situation when you're portraying history. It should be as accurate as possible to what really happened rather than a director being like, no, this is my story and I'm going to tell it this way. But sometimes you don't have like, you know, the person alive to tell you how it went down. Mm -hmm. They were fortunate to have somebody like that. Mm -hmm. And they had, you know, Angelo Dundee right there who was there Mm -hmm. the entire time. Yeah. You know, so that was great. I'm sure uh, Muhammad Ali was on set to a certain degree. Yeah. I actually saw like videos of like Will portraying him to him and talking smack to Ali as Ali. Nice. You know, them like dancing around this ring and like, <laughs> all that stuff. And it's really funny. Yeah. They're so cute. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm out. Oh, I got a couple more. 
in terms of them. I got a couple more. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Will Smith, my future husband, he gained weight for this role. Oh, yes, he did. He gained weight to become 210 pounds. Yeah. Which was the weight of Ali at this time. So Man, you sure that's right. Messing with it, which is also a real thing that really did happen. Mm-hmm. Sad Don't get mad at me because I didn't do this. Emmett Till. Mm. Yes. He is a real historical figure in black... In history. In history. In American history. In American history. He was a boy in 1955 who went to the South and to visit some family and he called a white lady like, hey, baby, something of the sort. She went home and told her husband, who got his half-brother, they broke into his house, his uncle's house, and dragged him out, beat him, shot him in the head, and threw his body in the Tallahatchie River. And he was so badly hurt and bruised that like, it is like a sight to see to see this kid's face. He was only like 14. And this stuck with Muhammad Ali because Emmett Till's mom, a very brave and strong black woman, decided that she was not going to hide her son's face at the funeral to let these white people feel like they won. Mm -hmm. So she made sure that all 200 people who stood in line at his funeral got a chance to see what What they did to him evil people did to her baby and this stuck with Ali to the point that he did think about it a lot and kept the article yeah and you do see in this movie at the beginning when the little boy is on the bus Mm -hmm. and he sees the old man reading the newspaper the picture on the front of the newspaper is Emmett Till yeah it is the picture of him so badly beating that you can't really tell what he is. And the old man opens up that newspaper to make sure that young Cassius Clay sees, he sees it the reality of, it what, of the world that he's growing up in. He flicks it at him and he's like, this is for kids, for black boys who think mm-hmm. that they can do things that they can't do. Yeah. So he felt like all growing up that this opportunity of him being a boxer gave him the platform to be a better black person so that more black people in the world could have more opportunities and not be judged and it was absolutely right and so this is that was a real effect on him yeah so yeah that one was kind of sad well can we talk about the man for a minute who Muhammad Ali. Sure. Before we wrap this up, in terms of his boxing career, you know, I'm not going to touch on everything about the man because we don't. That would be a whole nother podcast. I ain't got time for this. But Muhammad Ali is arguably the greatest boxer to ever live. He is among the argument for greatest boxer, along with Sugar Ray Robinson and uh, a few others. Mike Tyson. Maybe. I don't know, just being Jay. Sugar Ray Leonard's up there, you know. But uh, he holds a record of 56 wins, 5 losses, 37 knockouts. Damn. He also holds the record of a three-time heavyweight champion, which 
as far as I know, he is the only one who has regained the title three times. Damn. Or maybe it has happened again since, but I don't think it has. He was also a light heavyweight uh, gold medalist uh, in the uh, 1960 Olympics, I believe. Oh, yeah. And he had 31 straight wins before he lost to Joe Frazier. Yeah. 31 wins in a row, dude. Because he's the greatest. Yeah, exactly. He's the prettiest. He's the greatest. He was fantastic. And as a... He won uh, the championship when he was 22 years old. Nobody fucking does that, dude. He did. He said, I won at 22. I must be the greatest. Yeah. 61 fights in 21 years. God damn. Yeah, exactly. I believe that uh, that record would have been even more impressive had he not lost those years. Mm-hmm. He lost crucial years uh, because he refused induction into the armed services. They stripped him of his, his title. They stripped him of his passport. They stripped him of his boxing license. His youth, man. Yeah, and it was his, those particular four years where his legs were where they needed to be. Yeah. He was at the peak of his physical performance. Yeah. Uh, we didn't so even get to see it. Just imagine him boxing through those four years versus the last four years of his career. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would have been fucking 75 and one or some shit. I I don't know. I know. You know, but also he never would have probably wouldn't have lost the title in the first place. Yeah. You know, he would have just retired. Who knows? We can only wonder and And imagine. imagine. (laughs) Because they thought that he wasn't going to win. But so many boxers portray, try to emulate him now. Yeah, of course. You know, he set the pace for the flashy uh, boxer. And when you think of flashy boxers, you think of Floyd Mayweather. You think of Roy Jones Jr., Sugar Ray Leonard, these fantastic uh, sports figures, these fantastic athletes, these fantastic entertainers. Damn, if he's just not a person to admire. We lost him not too long ago. Yeah. And three three years and some change. And do you know who was a pallbearer at his funeral? I don't. Will Smith. Was he really? He was. That man is so great. Yeah. And a lot of things that happened in the movie really did happen in real life. Like when he would do his rhymes mm-hmm. and he would predict when he was going to knock somebody out, what yeah. round. Mm-hmm. And they absolutely did go down in that round. He delivered on his promises. Yep. You know, bad, man. Fast. If you want to make it fun, <laughs> why do you knock him out in one? Hey, hey, hey I'm doing the rhyming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the epitome of the people's champion. Yeah. For sure. Mr. Muhammad Ali, may he rest in peace. Rest in peace. And Will Smith, may you live forever. Because <laughs> I can't live without him. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I wouldn't. I can't even. Don't even. Don't even. Don't even imagine. I can't don't even, even speculate what would. Shit. Ugh. I can't. Moving on. Okay. 
<laughs> that was close. I can't even. My chest hurts just thinking about it. Okay. I'm out. You out? Cool. We're out of here. We'll see you guys next week. No. Cocktails. Hell no, you're not out. You got a little something, something I do you got to do. Okay, okay. Before that. Do <laughs> so you know what time it is? I do know what time it is. It's time for Z for the people. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So this Z for the people was quite easy. Okay. Um, the Muhammad Ali Center in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. The man is was born and raised. Yes, and built not far from where his bike was stolen. He built exactly built not far from where he was like I'm gonna be right here. So whoever stole this bike, if they ever come back here fifty years later, I got my own bike. <laughs> own bike. Shit. Um, he started this center that focuses on a lot of different things. I kind of got lost in what the hell this center does, but um, they have fill programs. Mm-hmm. They have. Saturday morning brunches where they talk about women who are doing things great in everything. Okay. And they have youth programs. And there's also a museum that there that has a, a fake model of the bike that was stolen. Mm. And, you know, a lot of his stuff is there and the story of him and how the center became is there and there's a really cool museum so if you're ever in louisville kentucky go stop by the muhammad Ali center and if you want to help donate money for the youth programs and stuff like that go to alicenter.org donate your time donate your money and uh yeah i thought that was a pretty cool day for the people yeah definitely the building is pretty cool and that is my z for the people you going to stop at Clooney's house afterwards? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, you guys. So uh, I get to sit back, relax, and strap on my seatbelt because I've never been on a ride like this before <laughs> where Zenobia has a monologue and controls the maestro. This is going to be interesting. Do you need to take a moment? Where do you go every day? Every day you disappear and you're never where I need you. Where do you go? To the bathroom, sir. To the bathroom. Takes you 45 minutes to go to the bathroom? Why? There's no bathroom for me here. What do you mean there is no bathroom for you here? There is no bathroom for me. There's no colored bathroom in this building or any building outside the West Campus. And that's half a mile away. Did you know that? I have to walk to Timbuktu just to relieve myself. And I can't use one of the handy bikes. Think of that, Mr. Harrison. My uniform, my skirt below my knees, my heels, and a single string of pearls. Well, I don't own no pearls. God knows colors don't make enough with the money you give us. I work like a dog day and night. Living off a coffee from a pot that none of you will touch. So forgive me if I have to go to the bathroom a few times a day. Oh my God. I did it. I'm done. I'm drunk. That was good. All right. We did it. That was very good. Thank you. I did it.
All right, you guys, we're emotional. I'm emotional. Now I'm drunk on gin. Drunk on gin. And uh, we are excited for next week's episode because it's going to be a good one. Uh, I'm very excited. I, I got mixed feelings. Regardless of whether Kevin Costner is in there or not. I got mixed feelings, but um, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. The drink's going to be cool. We got a guest. We got a great guest for you guys coming next week. All right, we will see you guys right here next week on Lights Camera. Cocktails! I'm the prettiest, the baddest. <laughs> Sounds like Rick James, I'm gonna think about it. I'm the prettiest motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>